Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Do you fancy some bonus content with this episode? Then fear not. If you start to my Patreon today, by going on to www.patreon.com forward slash travel podcast, then you'll find these extra features every week for Monday and Friday's episode. One bonus episode every month, some ad-free content, some early access to episodes, the exclusive added travel must-have feature on every episode, patron shout-out, some ad hoc bonus episodes, you'll get a copy of my digital travel planner which is available on Etsy and you'll get my monthly Winging It Travel podcast magazine. If this takes your fancy, you can sign up for £4, $7.50 Canadian, $6 US a month and I really thank you for supporting the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast, thanks for listening and supporting this and I'll see you soon. Cheers James. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by Eric and Christy from the Live Let Rome podcast. Eric and Christy are both currently on the road in Europe and have been travelling for around five months. Alongside that, they have started a podcast to tell the stories of slow travel and are really keen to see where they've been, how podcasting is whilst travelling, and also hear some awesome stories and learn about their views on travel. Super excited, guys. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello. Good. Hello. Hi, James. Hi. Thanks for having us. No worries. How are you both and where are you both? We are in Bratislava, Slovakia right now and uh, right in Central Europe. Pretty nice place, Bratislava, isn't it? It's, it's a nice little uh, capital city. Yeah, we've been to a couple different areas in this region. So it's kind of a little taste of everything, but a little bit smaller. So it's relatively easy for us to see a lot of the sites. But, you know, stand back and chill a little bit and just enjoy the the normal stuff. Okay. And where are you like right now? You've got some Airbnb or you in a hostel or a hotel? Airbnb. So we're just staying north of the downtown. So we just take a tram in. So it's a little bit more quieter. You're not in the midst of everybody's, you know, tourist pictures. So. Right. Okay. And I'm sure we'll come to this, but do you normally say Airbnbs or do you mix it up? Um, we generally do the Airbnbs. I also do do some hotels. It depends on the city, which uh, some of the prices, if it's a larger tourist community, then the hotels tend to be a little standard better than some of the Airbnbs. Got it. Yeah, I can't quite work out what is better, Airbnb and hotel, but I do generally go towards Airbnb, I think, if I had a choice. It gives you the flexibility a lot of times with the with the cooking elements and things of that nature, so you can save some money on that side. Mm. Um, and usually you get better better quality, you know, TVs and things like that, so you can kind of feel more like at home as opposed to in a hotel. And we look at the time. So if it's short time, then we're willing to sacrifice like a hostel or something like that. If it's a yeah. little bit in between time, then we'll do a hotel where you don't need as much amenities. But if it's a longer part of the time, then Airbnb is the cost effective way. So that's usually what determines what we choose. So, Okay. And do either you both like work on the road or are you full travel only? Um, I do some consulting um, oh, yeah. on the road. Yes. So um, I've been doing that for about six months. I guess you need like good internet connection for that, right? Yeah, that's another yeah, factor. That's Some of the right. hotels I've worked in the lobby and, uh, you know, drops connections and things oh, like yeah. that. So yeah. 
typically Airbnbs are usually better for, for any type of working or even recording the podcast too. So we did record, I think, one episode in Ishmir in a hotel, uh, but the Airbnbs are usually better for recording, usually better, not always. <laughs> you know what? It's true. Cause I found in Corona this year in Spain when I was there, they had a little recording booth in the hotel. So you walk through the hotel, got the desk and the stuff as normal, but you go around to the back where they have the computers. But there's, there's one little room, glass room sealed off. And I guess it's there for phone calls, but it's great for podcasts. And I've got my microphone, laptop, set it up. Acoustics are amazing. I was like, oh, this is, this is what nice. hotels need. That's podcasts. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> or even just to work quietly and yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. working remote for so long. It's just, it's just the way people work now mm-hmm. is, is remote. Yeah. I think there's a that's a gap, right? That that sort of remote space that's appealing to travel and working professionals who want to do both, right? I think you want to try and create that nice space. Yeah, yeah. And where are you guys from originally? I'm from New York City originally, so I spent most of my life there and lived a couple different areas. And Eric is from. I'm from the Metro Detroit area. Oh yeah. Um, and spent most of my life there, but I moved for work uh, several times. So. Um, that and traveled a lot for work. So I've been on, I've been on the road for professional purposes a lot, you know, over the course of my professional career. Okay. And just before we get into current travels back in the day, when you're growing up in the U S did you travel much aside from work, but like personally? Yeah. Yeah. We both, um, I think we were almost up to 50 countries each before oh, nice. we started this, uh, travel, um, thing. And I, um, yeah. You know, I used to work for Expedia. I used to work in the travel industry. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big part of uh, passions that we both share was around travel, discussing travel, planning our trip before before we knew each other. And then when we met each other, then we started traveling together. So it's just been one of those kind of good situation we definitely align on. Yeah, he traveled as a kid more with his parents. And for me, since I was based out of Queens, New York, it was pretty much I was already around the world, if you, if you think yeah. of it that way. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I didn't travel much outside of there until, you know, of course, in your college years. And I was like, you, I can't wait on other people. So I just started traveling by myself as a single woman and just going to travel groups and everything to be have fun. And then I loved it. And then I met this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, uh, great start for a bit of advice. Don't wait for anyone, right? Just go if you yeah, can. Yeah, just go. Absolutely. I know it's a big, I know it's a big jump, but how many people do you think are just like said, "No, I can't go because I'm on my own," where they could have oh, gone all the time, especially for a woman. It's we barely go to the bathrooms by ourselves, so I don't know. <laughs> Take a flight. Yeah, it's a huge jump, and I'm trying to get more uh, female solo travelers on the podcast to talk about that. I'm always keen to hear about their process and how they decide where to go and how to do it. James, uh, Christy did a lot and we've done some as well, these group travels, right? Before, you know, a few years pre-COVID and things like that, where you go to a little bit more exotic location, you can join um, one of these group travels like G Adventures or oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. things yeah. of those nature. And those are, those are fun. It's a great way to network, meet other people, even if you're a solo traveler. Um, and they, they can be fairly affordable too, uh, depending on what region you go to. But that's a good way that anyone can travel. And that's a big part of our podcast is like, educate and inspire anyone to travel yeah i've never actually done that group travel thing i've always been like oh oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, i I never had either but it's pretty fun um what did we do two or 
two different ones. I've yeah. dragged them to two because it was something that I did. And I've done group travel and I have done a, a trip around the world by myself where partially was group travel. And then I was in Dubai by myself and Australia by myself. Mm. Uh, but I did a South uh, Africa leg that was with a group. And for me, it was about... Yes, you have these areas and these cultures, but about the experience. So a lot of people I've met probably for 10 years and coming from all these trips. So it's something that's added a lot of value in terms of my travels and friends around the world. I've done group sort of like three days, like Australia, for example, Fraser Island. Yeah, booked onto a group tour for that. But like for that extended mm -hmm. like two or three weeks where they actually kind of plan your trip out and you just go where they plan out right i kind of think there's a nice if you're if you're long-term travel you might need two or three weeks just to chill out like you don't have to think about where to go what to yeah. do where to book you can just book a two or three weeks on a g adventures and you just turn up right and like oh yeah just speak to people and not worry about anything that's that i think that has a value <laughs> <laughs> not some people don't yeah, like it but it i think like, you would need a break sometimes i think yeah it's a it's a good value and I've met a lot of people and I dragged them with our favorite one was Morocco and it was something that you got so much more from the experience because their guides are from the area so you're learning a cultural aspect that you're not getting from you know from a standard travel or standard group meeting these are local tour guides and they do a lot of local tour initiatives so it could be women's shelters women's homes so you're yeah. learning a little bit more than the typical stuff so yeah we yeah. also did a uh, about an eight day um, adventure on a yacht around Montenegro and the different um, oh, wow. nooks and crannies around the islands there. That was oh. unique, um, and we liked part of it. But then it was kind of interesting living on a boat for for eight days in a, the small little bed with other people. So not sure if I'd do that one again, but but I can say I did it, and I learned. We learned a lot from the experience, so it was yeah. interesting. On a boat is interesting, and you got nowhere to go. <laughs> Unless you want to dive in the water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've done a few things with boats, like not eight days, I think three days maximum. It's an interesting dynamic, you're right, because you quickly work out who annoys you, who don't. But the ones who annoy you, they don't go anywhere. They're on the boat. So, yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> That's dynamic. That's true, and we had that situation, actually. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Okay, and you're both currently traveling. How did you come to the point where, I think five or six months you've been traveling now, like, where was the point where you're like, right, we're going to do this. We're going to go full time. Like, what was the process leading up to that? Was it like saving some money? Was it maybe having a plan of how to do it full time? Like, what was the process? Sure, sure. Well, part of it is that we both talked, you know, in the typical world, you're like, oh, wouldn't it be great to just travel for a year nonstop? I'm tired of working. Yeah. And just our timing between, you know, jobs or opportunities don't really come. You're at like different stages. So for us, it happened to click where this timing opportunity was that we could take either take this extended time off or go full meal deal into a new work environment. And at this point, it's like with the pandemic and everything you only have till now to live you do yeah uh you have limited resources and you have to take those opportunities because if you take everything so seriously it's just going to pass you by and that's where we decided the opportunity eric brought it to my attention hey we can financially do this through a b and c and i'm pretty reasonable i'm like i'm down that's fine if you give me the results I'll do it and we'll figure it out. Right. And it's amazing though, how much, you know, from a financial perspective, how much you spend on regular life, just living in one yeah. place. Yeah. And when you can actually go travel to places that are significantly nicer than sitting in one place and you have the variety of moving 
from one place to the next. So not every city we've loved that we visited, but you're there for two weeks. And so Mm. you say goodbye and you move on to the next adventure. But when you're in one place and you're spending more money with all the different types of bills and things that you rack up on regular life uh, by shedding the car, shedding the insurance and things of that nature, um, you're saving, not saving money, but you're spending a lot less. Um, So we actually found that we spend less on the road than we do living in one spot. And you carried on the working life, um, as you said, you're consulting, or is that kind of halved or is it less what you do now? It was something, yeah, it was something new uh, I added uh, was to work on the road. I had some mm. opportunities come my way and I was like, nice. I, I was like, oh, I could actually start a, start a business by doing that. So I've been doing that now for about six months. Uh, it's been working really good. Uh, you know, and, and the fact that you can, you know, deliver webinars or you can coach or counsel people over Zoom and things of that nature. It, <laughs> you can do it from anywhere so whether you're sitting in one place or you're moving every two weeks it really doesn't matter on the output and and actually working in europe you're centrally located so you have asia one side you have the united states the other and you're right in europe so some of the calls and clients have been working with around the globe so it's actually more strategic to be in europe at at least this time um from a time zone perspective it's the way it's going right with the whole uh, especially post pandemic where people are realizing they can just do it remotely um, yes like you say why do you have to be stuck in one place you can go anywhere as long as you've got a viable and reliable internet connection and you can do your work there's no reason for you to be stuck in detroit is there? like you can just go to the maldives for for two weeks and just do it there yeah especially in these past pandemic two years you've seen it way more prevalent where some people is typically work from home was a very you know, hush hush kind of yeah, opportunity. It's yeah. like maybe a really temporary thing or something you did maybe on a Friday. And at this point, it really changed the aspect and the view of the workplace in these past two years. And we have met travelers on the road, other digital nomads, you know, influencers, bloggers who are doing their everyday jobs here. And that is, you can see the change in society. And that's curious to witness to be a part on this side of that. Yeah. And I think if I had any advice, for anyone listening who's a bit younger for me personally I've always like worked a job but it's not necessarily like a trade or anything or anything it's just what I could find and I'd do it and save money and go travel right if I look back 10 years and I'll send someone who's 21 22 now do something you can do on the road if you're if you're interested in travel something that just is laptop based where you can make an income because the opportunities are endless if you can do that on the road and you're earning income and you're not stuck in one place you can just travel and work once say forever but like it is a decent chunk of time right mm-hmm. so I'm trying to work I'm trying I'm now trying to work that out so I'm like 10 years down the line like what can I do <laughs> to prolong the travels next year right if I go so yeah it's yeah. a work in progress yeah mm-hmm. yeah it takes it takes some time and experimentation and you learn quite a bit on the road as well so different skills and things of that nature so yeah and your travels now so where have you been so far this year all right so I I'm in charge of this <laughs> <laughs> Um, so where we started off our trip, we kind of based our route and routine based on the cheapest way to enter Europe. And for us, that was Madrid from New York, because it was kind of whirlwind tour where I have family that's 15 minutes away from JFK. So simple, easy peasy. We went from there and then we wanted to go through Northern Spain. So there were wishlist places. And then we think about feasibly with prices and locations and transport what makes sense. So we hit a couple cities in Northern Spain. So Madrid to Segovia to Bilbao to Zaragoza. 
And then we did Andorra because I wanted my own countries. So (laughs) absolutely beautiful. (laughs) And then from there, we went to Barcelona, Sicily, Sicily to mainland Italy, found the jump to Albania, which I've been wanting to visit for a while. Um, And then from Albania to the Greek islands, which naturally led into Turkey by way of roads. So we're kind of following a path of least resistance and planning that intentionally to be in those cheaper areas during the high season. So that Mm -hmm. was our whole intent about using the budget aspect along with the travel aspect. Yeah. And James, we uh, our ticket to Madrid was five dollars for taxes out of JFK uh, using Fine. points. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. and then we both obviously use travel cards uh, and rotate those points. So our first three months, from a budget perspective, was was under budget, under what we expected actually. So it was a great way to get you going, even if you only have three months to travel. Right, you could use cards, points, and bonuses and things of that nature, and not break the bank. Yeah, are you are you into that travel hacking thing? That's what they call it, right? Is that what you, yes. you, you do? That? Yeah, yeah I've, I've read so much about this where it's brilliant and it works great for US people. Um, Canada's not too bad, UK maybe to an extent. Yeah, um, you can do it, but a lot of other countries this is not possible. But even Canada, I can see the difference. I, I read um, Nomadic Matt's. He has like a huge guide on it about how to do it, and it's like, oh, if only I was in the US, I can get that card and that card and that card. It's just not. <laughs> there's, a, there's not many offers here in Canada. There's a few. So you can get maybe like the first couple of flights free. And we, we do do points on our credit card to get that. But I think US have it has a pretty good for that. And, and it's a great oh, yeah. way to learn and to travel on a much, much lesser budget as well. Yeah, yeah. we've easily saved, I want to say, close to four or 5,000 easily mm. on the just the cards from the initial travel. So it really takes a big bump. And you Combine that with different websites like shopping websites. So anytime you're purchasing something, you're using a points-based system to get it back. So if you kind of play it, we call it double dipping and triple dipping, which is the whole hacking process. You know, you get your every little squeeze, a little dime out of everything to can to have fun on the road. And uh, when you stay at Airbnbs, when you do longer term stays, two weeks, you get discounts, right? And then if you're staying we look at the currencies and it's been really interesting when we started uh the euro us dollar was 87 cents yeah and it almost became even it did, yeah. right so we've been <laughs> loving that trend right and not <laughs> yeah. not that i feel bad for the you know people who have uh, on the other side of that currency equation uh, but you got to keep up with that actually and and uh you know check so we're planning you know future travel we'll get into but it's like looking at currencies and and looking and doing your research helps you plan kind of uh an effective way to have your dollar go further. And we talk about that in our podcast. We have a couple episodes on it um, about, you know, how to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if this is our listening right now, they can check out your podcast and you talk about the whole like travel hacking types things, right? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I'll, li- I'll link to that because I think it's key for people to understand about how you can maybe minimize your costs when travel. There's a knack to it though. I think there's an understanding you're right. You have to keep your, your pulse on the ever changing like, not stock market, but you know, the whole the currencies and what they're doing and, and the points bonuses and all the offers you get right as well. Yeah, it's just, it's also keeping discipline. She does the books every month and kind of tracks the spend and mm. things of that nature. It only takes her maybe, what, 30 minutes, 20 minutes a month to, to do that. Yeah, but it's, 
we lay it out like even from our planning stages on how we set off which get money for every little thing that we had in our house anyway you know selling that using that to fund our trips but also using the system of your card statements where my ledger is basically if we use one card i use their spend summary as my financial guide so i don't have to do the math yeah crazy although i like the math um <laughs> It really does it for you. So you can figure out the categories, how much you're spending here and there, and you can get a, you know, a nice pie chart to show you your, your courses. Yeah. And at a real basic level with people listening, what I do is I just have a credit card from a bank here in Canada, which has points for everything I spend on it. So they range from like one point for a dollar for anything, but then like petrol and gas is, I think it's even $2 and groceries mm -hmm. three stuff like that. So Everything yeah. goes on, say discipline, pay it off, and you get your points at the end of it. So that's a basic way of doing it. It sounds boring, uh, uh, you know, talking about it. But when you say, oh, that can translate to two weeks in Rome or something of that nature, then it's not <laughs> so boring, right? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I always like get excited about it because I know it's just like, oh, we can go there now or we can afford this extra excursion or whatever mm -hmm. that is. So we just look at it from an experience perspective and it's not as boring. I guess that's how we make it interesting. I mean, it's a little dry, but little at the end bit. of the day, if you do it well and you play it quite cutely, you can get some real good deals. And yeah. if you're willing to get the promotional bonus points, which are like 40, 50,000 sometimes, mm -hmm. that's going to pay for a flight or even more, right? So why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And on your trip currently, what's been some of the highlights? Uh, actually, Christy mentioned Greece. Uh, we mm -hmm. actually didn't set out to go to Greece originally. It kind of popped up because uh, we were going, she said from Albania, that we were gonna go to Turkey, these lower cost regions that we've, that we've never seen you know, mm. to any certain extent. Um, but Greece was between those two countries. And we were like, she's been to Greece, she's been to Athens and, and some other of the hotspots. But we, you know, never been to Corfu and, and lo and behold, uh, from Saranda, you can take a 30 minute ferry for like $5 or some r really low rate and you can go to Corfu. And I always thought that Greece was really expensive, right? I just thought it was this exotic place and <laughs> wow, it's going to break the bank. But turns out it really wasn't. And we were staying for like $31 a day in uh, Benita's town in Corfu, which was like a small old fishing village. Uh, had a wonderful host there. Uh, we're able to use the buses to go around most of the island. We rented a car for one day. We saw where they made, you know, James Bond film, you know, oh, filming yeah. locations and stuff yeah. like that. So it really cool. You had natural beaches and wonderful food. And so I'd say Greece just on the top, we talked about this before this call, it was like a, a surprise mm -hmm. place that we didn't anticipate going. And it was really, really fun and, and chill and nice, nice swimming and food and everything else. Great culture too. Do you know what? It's interesting you say that. I spoke to someone this week, episode 77. We talked about Greece. It's the whole thing. Um, yeah. Peter Fines wrote a book about oh. Greece. And he was saying that when he went, uh, it was super cheap. But I, I would expect it to be cheap. I think when you grow up in the UK and you think, oh, where's a cheap place we can go? Greece normally pops up. But the problem <laughs> is you've got the other side where if you're maybe not in Europe and you're on Instagram and you say, yeah, my, my week in Santorini, which is expensive because Santorini yeah. is one of the high-end islands. You might mm -hmm. think, oh, I can't go there. But actually, no, no, you can. There's loads, like, there's like 600, well, there's loads of islands, but there's loads to yeah. go to where they're not Santorini and they're just as good. So I yes. think you can, if you eat street food, if you eat the local food, local areas, Greece can be really cheap, I think. 
Yeah. yeah. And that was the biggest thing that um, we learned is that in a- each neighborhood, if you're eating the local food and the local dishes, everything is going to be generally cheaper. If you mm. need that, you know, Doritos or something that's a specialty <laughs> that is import, of course, you're going to be paying more for those things. Like yeah, of course. Yeah. Avocados I saw everywhere, but I'm not buying avocados unless I'm in Mexico. You know, that yeah. kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I love an avocado, but I can pass on it. I'm not spending, you know, $10 for that kind of thing. And that was the opportunity because I had been to Santorini in Greece, uh, Crete and Mykonos, which are the expensive islands. Mykonos, so my yeah. experience is, yes, it is money to go there. Mm. The other thing that we did was shoulder season. So it's before oh, the height of their season. We were there in May. The weather was stunning, beautiful Perfect. 80s, mm. uh, or what we could say 23 23. Celsius. We're still <laughs> wow. the conversion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so get my calculator I'm out. Celsius, I'm Celsius, so yeah, 23 sounds good. Um, but it was, that was the perfect opportunity where they hike up all the prices the minute you go into high months. Yeah. And that was something that we learned on both sides where we even did partially a beach town in Italy before the summer season. Absolutely gorgeous, but affordable rates that you can do where normally you're paying maybe two or three times more if you just went on season. Mm. Right, right. And how much Greek salad and souvlaki did you eat when you in Greece? <laughs> Not enough, because I still oh. want the, the gyros right now. And the tzatziki, I love the tzatziki. Oh, the tzatziki is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. We, ate, we ate more eggplant, I'm telling you, in the last, oh, yes. okay. the last four or five months, what have you, because every place has some version of an eggplant dish that, that's very yeah. tasty. I never yeah. really eat eggplant that much before this trip but every <laughs> in the Misaka and Greece and Turkey are eating all these different spreads and dips and things like that so I love the food angle of the of the travel it's always nice to explore yeah and Greeks are they make me laugh they, they when they go for a coffee it is like it's a thing it's not a casual like just turn up like they go for one or two hours I'm going for coffee don't disturb me like yeah, that is their time just to zone in whatever they're doing it's not like yeah. eh, this is real serious. So you have to like, you know, be careful with that and make sure you don't disturb a Greek in the coffee. Yeah. You get that frappe too. It, it lasts a lot longer. Through yes. The yes, food. absolutely. Yeah. I, I've never been to Greece, so it's really uh, high on my list, but we will go next year. So it's, it's yeah. going to be part of it into rail pass into Athens, I think. Well, we recommend Corfu and Rhodes. Definitely. Those so. are the two. Oh, yeah. 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 And fantastic. Really nice. My sister's partners, family, they live in Crete. So, uh, oh, I think, yeah. I think we have uh, I've heard somewhere to say as well in there. So um, she said the one thing about Crete is the wasps. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's just an annoying thing. The wasps are pretty um, hectic there. But other than I that, it would nice. be the stray dogs. <laughs> there's a lot of stray dogs. It's the wasps. <laughs> also, another country you want to ask about is Albania. Because sure. this is creeping up. I, I, I don't know if you've read much traffic this year in the travel sphere, but Albania seems to be all over social media that it's amazing spots there it's cheap it's up and coming so what was your experience there i know your latest podcast episodes are on albania right how was that trip um i think what we i had been you know interested in albania for several years we've gone to a lot of places around albania like croatia and montenegro mm. and i was like okay what's left and i like like you said i saw it on social media how albania was the new thing went there and it's a whole different world. You can see they're still trying to get it together, like figure it out. Uh, The pandemic created a lot of building and construction. So that's something that we did learn over the years when it shut down for a little bit. 
a lot of that built up of their inner structure was happening too. Mm. So they're trying to position themselves in a better way. They still have a little bit more ways to go. Yeah. Uh, we had mentioned to our free tour guy that we're doing a podcast. He's like, wait, I don't want everybody to come now. Oh, <laughs> we, okay. can't, we can't <laughs> we handle, can't handle it. it. Oh, wow. but, um, <laughs> you know, it was curious to say that what I found most amazing, I thought uh, the language was going to be a problem. It was not. Um, most people spoke English and were very willing to help. Yes. Albeit if they'll, if you were like, nah, 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 they'll be like, whatever, I'm trying to help you. Like mm. in New York kind of style way, like okay. it's maybe not the <laughs> South way to do it, but <laughs> little, little brash, but they truly wanted to help you. And even they would joke when we were on the buses, they're like, America, US, and just like... <laughs> They were so shocked that we were there. Like, yeah. I guess they get a lot of other like Dutch or uh, German tourists. So the Americans, I guess, rarely come out. I guess they haven't left their shells too much mm. in the past couple months. So that's sort of something that was curious about that. But it was a wonderful experience, wonderful culture and people there. Yeah, what's unique about Albania is just how um, there really isn't much information online. So mm. Google, Google mm. Maps, forget it, right? Just you got to look. For, you got to look for restaurants. You got to just it's the old way. Old, <laughs> yeah, I, I on the podcast I talk about it's like stepping back in time, like to yeah. like the late '80s. It felt like that, right? The music, the culture, the information, um, and everything's cash, so no credit cards. So everything okay. you got to go. You, the ATMs were great. Um, but then you get uh, a closed currency. There was a lay or lack. I forget lack. <laughs> lack. I mean, we've had so many different currencies, uh, but the lack. And so you got to spend it there. So you don't want to yeah. take out too much. And then you know you just use that for everything. But we took this communist tour, uh, and our free guide told us that Albania was unique in communism, is that it was shut off more so than all the other communist countries in the 70s, 80s, up to the 90s, that yeah. when they finally lifted Albania, they didn't even know what a banana was. They didn't even know what certain, yeah, it was like, they were literally were in kind of a bubble, so to speak, mm -hmm. for, for decades. And so he told stories about his family and we interviewed him on, uh, it was one of our earlier interviews for our podcast, but it was just fascinating hearing those stories mm -hmm. and just how unique the culture is because of that. And they're still working through that still today. Mm -hmm. So it's only 30 wow. years, you know, you look back and they show the revolution that ha happened in Skanderberg Square. That's where we were standing. And it's like, that wasn't that long ago that tanks were rolling through here and oh, wow. things yeah. of that nature. So that was a really interesting thing. And last fact I'll give you, 170,000 bunkers sprinkled across Albania out of paranoia during that time. So you'll everywhere you turn, you find a bunker and and things of that nature. So it's it's definitely has its uh, uniqueness to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess that that generation of people are still here, right, or still there from those times. Um, so it's going to take their kids to maybe transition and maybe their kids who maybe the past is the past and they've moved on. But it's, it's a slow transition, isn't it? Yeah, but I can see it. I can see it really popping, you know, in the next decade or so, yeah. really coming through. It, was, it has yeah. a lot of potential. It was very vibrant. So I wouldn't say that the the young look at me. I sound like a hundred. The young <laughs> folks weren't uh, <laughs> held back or reserved. They were very vibrant. You know, we had walked through this graffiti show where there was artists looking to build up. Yeah. Um, you know, their communities. So you see a lot of creative aspects coming out from the arts, from the music. 
So it's just coming out at all pores, especially in Tirana, which we saw it so much more. It's like an intense focus. So if you really want to see Albania, we recommend the capital city. Absolutely. Because it's so many different viewpoints having at once that the beach ca- beach towns don't really show you that. They give okay. you a pretty idyllic picture, which is fantastic. And we did that. Mm. But what we saw was the urban life, the young life, people going to work, the everyday kind of hustle, but also there were all these music festivals, spring festivals, arts events. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to see that aspect of the culture that wasn't so integrated with a westernized community that it's kind of building its own identity. Yes, and tons of free things to do, James. So like she was saying, oh, all these different festivals going on. And then the food was, uh, you know, 3 to $5 for a plate, you know, like a, at a sit-down tablecloth. Nice, right? yeah. So, Good quality food, um, affordable prices, a lot of free things to do. So I think it's very popular and your, your dollar will go very far there. Okay. And for your route from Albania, you went to Greece, right? Afterwards, I guess. Mm-hmm. I- to Southern Albania in uh, yeah. Saran for two weeks by the beach in yeah. Kazimel. So we I kind of slow traveled our way down from the capital city on this bus, mm-hmm. stayed two weeks there. And that was really nice. Like the views, uh, mm. you know, and it actually looked at Corfu in the distance. Wow. Was, yeah. was great. And then we took the ferry from uh, Saranda over to Corfu. And Got so it. it was like that 30 minute ride. And yeah, it was fantastic uh, itinerary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think one more place I want to ask before some other questions is, um, have you been to Turkey yet? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We so, were in Turkey for a month. Wow. So what was that like? Because I know Turkey <laughs> is also a very well-known place to travel, but yeah. I feel like there's so many places in Turkey that people just don't talk about, but how did you find it? Well, we stuck to, I, I think what, I was kind of reverse. What I thought uh, Albania was, I, you know, was it reverse Albania and Turkey. I was more fearful of Albania than Turkey because I had been in Kusadesi in Turkey before. Mm. So I was like, oh, and I've been to a couple of Middle Eastern countries, like largely Muslim countries. So I didn't have that much of an issue. And it turned out Turkey in the language issues was a little bit more challenging than we expected. Uh, A lot of folks where you expect, oh, all these people have been talking about Turkey for years. There should Mm. be use of a lot of English speaking. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, So it become more of a challenge to kind of deal with that aspect where we were in the exact same situation in Albania and it wasn't even a challenge in the least bit. Mm. And Turkey had that. There's not severe cultural differences because I've been in Morocco and Egypt and Dubai but it's a little bit more forward facing Muslim community. So it wasn't that aspect. It just became navigating the, the streets, the language and all mm. those opportunities was probably the most interesting aspect. Yeah. It, it culturally was probably the most unique place we visited. Uh, especially we, we came in through Fetier, yeah. which I don't know. A lot of people know it's ancient city. It's their, it's kind of their Hawaii. I would say it's like okay. very beautiful. It has, yeah. you know, we took a boat ride around. There was beautiful, uh, totally recommend Fetier. Um, and they had these, um, in the mountains, they had these tombs like carved into the mountains that date mm. back from centuries. So it had the history, it had the, the water events, but it was, different right this one road you'd walk down and it was completely torn apart for like four miles right like just it looked like bombs hit it yeah, bombs yeah. Didn't hit, but it looked <laughs> unique so it was just getting adjusted to that was a little bit different you know and then mm-hmm. we made our way uh through Pemeculi and then to Izmir 
and then up eventually to Istanbul and out. But it was it was a very good experience, very unique. Yeah, we said that we went from Turkey light because we knew that <laughs> Istanbul was intense. So I was yeah. like, let's take the more rural part <laughs> up. And by the time we got to Istanbul, we're like, ah, it's no problem with all this stuff. <laughs> Istanbul oh, is is always rated as one of the top cities on my podcast. Joy Day as well. Istanbul, yeah. Um, yeah, we did a couple days there, but I would say that Fethiye was one of the most gorgeous experiences that we had because what we saw, it was a little less congested because obviously there's tons of people with Istanbul being the number one city where densely populated. Mm. Fethiye has the water, so you can go on the islands. You have the culture there, but then you have the mountainsides. And within Fethiye... And what Turkey is astounding in the point is it's intense ancient history. You have Ephesus yeah. there. You have the tombs that harken back to Petra, or I would joke with him, Indiana Jones, when you're looking <laughs> at that. Um, so there's so much history in Turkey. That's what really gets your mouth like mm-hmm. jaw dropping to yeah. say you're at this point. And Fethiye gives you that opportunity to step back from it. Because um, there's not so much people. And I preferred the Fethiye and we were in Shanakale um, too, which is the visiting place outside of Troy. Mm-hmm. And we love those smaller communities. Mm-hmm. It gave us the opportunity to really spend time like walking the street. And I'm from New York City. So I've been around a lot of people. Sometimes you're like, it's too much. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, Turkey is, I think it's a trip in itself. You can spend a lot of time in Turkey seeing the breadth of the country and, and probably experience a lot of different types of people and travel. And I've always heard from the podcast I've been doing that it's also quite cheap. I don't know if you found it cheap there. Someone said that it's cheaper to get a taxi than food in Istanbul and stuff like this. So budget friendly, possibly to go to if you're thinking about that. Not quite as much as Albania. I think Albania, Albania oh, yeah. is still cheaper. Yeah. Um, Turkey, though, you must have a SIM card. So you, you, yeah. you know, you are kind of a little bit bound because you have to have the translator. We use Google Translate a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in these other towns we're talking, we find it very beneficial to get a SIM card and then translate but you'd literally go to you know even a starbucks and say i want coffee you know like coffee like but like it was like it took 20 wow. minutes to order a coffee yeah <laughs> it was like an so, alien you're like please <laughs> like it was you know so there was it was moments but everyone was trying everyone was nice we never ran into anyone you know that was uh, oh, of course yeah uh, uh mean or any like mm. very patient very patient people with with us bumbling yeah. americans and asking questions <laughs> things like that but uh but yeah, I would, I would definitely go back. But cost, yeah, it was very cost effective. But I would say still, Albania is about 20% less. Okay, that's good to know. So I'm going to say I oh, love yeah. the cats in Turkey, <laughs> and they have my heart every day. So <laughs> The cats. Okay. And actually, I've got one more question about one other country on your list here, which I've never had anyone who I don't even think has traveled there or even spoke about, it's San Marino. Now, oh, yeah. bang in the middle of Italy, is it just Italy-like or is it actually got its own separate culture, do you think? I think it's kind of uh, unique just to go there. It's a little bit of a check the box a little bit. It yeah. was very beautiful, right? But it's you, you stay in Rimini, which is the surprise yeah. town uh, on the coast of Italy. We didn't know anything about Rimini. Um, and, you know, she wanted to go to San Marino and it, it was very cool. It's absolutely beautiful view you take a bus ride up from Rimini it's maybe what 40 minutes Mm -hmm. something like that Mm. and so fantastic experience uh but it doesn't look like you would stay there right it's more of like a day oh I would stay there she would stay there (laughs) but but it didn't 
feel like that. It felt more, it felt more like a day trip kind of place, but it was Got beautiful. It. <laughs> now, it, so the deal with San Marino is I compared it to Andorra in the sense that it was located high in the mountains. So what yeah. it had that was different from a typical thing, it's how you think of a typical storybook village or a town upon a castle and how it's quaint and you expect to see it. It's actually there. And there's very few opportunities where you don't have that intrusive, where it's so manufactured. That has so much old history. San Marino is one of the oldest republics. So those kind of ideas that if you, do you spend a month there? No, it's, you know, it's probably a tax shelter like Andorra was, but. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I would say though, Andorra felt more like a town, right? To me, right? Even though it was a small micro country, but it, it had, you know, a little bit more diversity in the streets and the mm. restaurants and the places to go and even hotels or apartments. San Marino, I didn't see quite a, that much. It was mainly one center city, you know, square with yeah. lookouts on a castle and then some restaurants sprinkled around. I didn't even know if there was hotels there. I guess there are, there but, but Andorra just seemed a little bit more like livable, like it for a little bit yes. longer time. Like you could probably do a week in Andorra, no problem. Yeah. San Marino, I mean, sure, you could stay one or two nights overnight somewhere, but I wouldn't stay there that long. But it was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to know. And where you guys are now to what's your plan for the rest of Europe? Yeah, so we're actually, this is our last stop in Europe. Oh, so okay. we did uh, Czech Republic, um, yeah. Prague, Bruno, now in Slovakia, heading back uh, home, you know, I guess Michigan and New York, uh, visit everyone, things of that nature. Mm. Um, and then we're planning our next leg, which is uh, South America, Mexico, um, things of that nature. So we're still figuring that out. Yeah, we're still trying to in that planning process where I'm trying to compete to try to get Day of the Dead in the, in the calendar. <laughs> um, so we're just balancing, which is a constant like push-pull battle, you know, a nice push-pull battle where we're going to next and finding the same thing, the cheapest route in and how to continue through and look at their high season there and where we're going to spend that. And that's basically how we navigate that journey. So it may take us to a different spot based on the prices and, Mm. you know, what's happening. Yeah, that was one thing, James, I think we learned is kind of have a high season plan, right? So if you're going to do long term travel, like what is, you know, in, you know, Europe, North America, what's your June, July, August plan? And in South America, what's your December, January, February plan, right? That's your high season. So just knowing where to go and have a plan for that. That's what we learned, I think, was a big lesson uh, this year because we're still in Europe. It's in, you know, it's probably not the most cost-effective right now, but we're learning that. Not that it's horrible, but mm. uh, next time you probably choose a different destination in July or August or something of that nature. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, what's some of the lessons you've learned maybe from this like longer travel? Um, it's good that you're going back because you can assess what you've done. So what have been some of the lessons apart from what you just said? Anything else? The travel itinerary is one. Our phone is another thing that we've learned a lot about because we've typically haven't been this extended time. So Mm. we're using a lot of Wi-Fi calling and those kind of systems and trading off with SIM cards. So that's something that we had to learn on the road where, you know, you can get the cost savings if you balance them both out where a lot of people typically will just go with a local plan or international plan and you're paying exorbitant fees. We were able to find a way to kind of navigate around it. And we're still trying to figure that best way out, but um, it's kind of just open your eyes to 
the racket that is the phone industry of yeah. <laughs> putting you in this. It's like the cable industry, right? It puts you in this tiny little box, <laughs> even though it's available to everyone. Um, so that's something besides the one that we're figuring out. Yeah, so. but, but Google Voice really came came through, I would say, as a product. Like it really oh, came yeah? through for okay. us that mm -hmm. we were able to port our numbers over. And essentially on Wi-Fi, you can take calls from anywhere yeah, yeah. You know, on for free, right? So mm -hmm. we're kind of questioning, you know, will we ever get a, a traditional cell phone plan again? Or just as, a, you know, like she said, a replaceable SIM card as we need it, like in Turkey or something of that. Yeah. Know? So... Uh, that was good. The other thing we learned, I think, was the VPN. So the VPN oh, yeah. Yeah. was something we read about before we left, um, yeah. but it has really come through for us, right? So what, what, when it comes to like watching Netflix and, yeah. you know, the new season comes out, Better Call Saul, you know, oh, <laughs> you just switch to UK and yeah. you have full access to that and you're in an Airbnb, just plug it into the TV and you're good to go. So uh, that has been really nice and highly recommend that if you're traveling and especially working because it helps out with uh, accessing your information or yeah. whatever. Because so. some sites are only eligible in the U.S. So yeah. you need that VPN yeah. to access it. Otherwise, you'll be cut off and, yeah. and, and so, protect your account right. too as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. Even here, I can't access in Canada, I can't access BBC iPlayer, which is the website where you watch all the BBC documentaries and, and TV shows, right? So I can't even access that here in Canada. So yeah, VPNs, I I use two, you know, don't get paid for saying this or anything. I use NordVPN, N-O-R-D, yes. so and I use Ultimate VPN. They're, they're the two that I seem to go with if I need a VPN. Yeah. yeah. They seem to work pretty yeah, well. Are you if you're sponsoring traveling. this podcast, James? <laughs> I, I wish. We could go yeah. for some if, sponsors here. If they can sponsor me to travel, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pay $70 a month here in Canada, Canadian dollars. I get 20 gigabytes, but I work from home. I don't make yeah. calls. I don't do text. What am I paying for? I've paid the phone off. So that's not even paying the phone. That's just a plan. Yeah. And I'm like, what, yeah. what a waste of money this is. Like, I don't need it like hardly. So yeah, that's, that's a good savings if you can do that on your travels. Yeah, it really, it really is. Yeah. yeah, it was a big part of our budget that when we were able to figure that on the road, it freed up a lot of our budget to say, okay, we had counted for that, but we're like, okay, we don't have to have this opportunity. We can have access. Mm. And it just changes your way of life. And I joke to say I was a kid in the 80s, so I know what it is to not have constant access to people. So yeah. can we wait till Wi-Fi? Absolutely. Oh, so. yeah. I think that's key for travel, do you not think? Like, we can't be connected all the time. You need, like, that yeah. week in the mountains somewhere or whatever you're doing, just a disconnect. But I, I get some people want to, if you're digital nomad or whatever, and you're I don't know, an influencer, you probably have to post every day or whatever, but it'd be nice just to go off grid, no internet and just live the experience what you're trying to do. I think it's key. Yeah. 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 That's part of the intent of when we try to do this podcast is that when we discuss the idea, I'm like, I didn't want to be the podcast that was about him holding my hand in a pretty place. Like that is not the travel podcast i want to it's not about being seen in that aspect it's about the experience it's about sharing that experience and for us i think audio felt like that aspect where mm. you know as we learned from the youngins youtube is how they watch tv <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah it's to be able to disconnect that i need to be able to disconnect as much as i love my phone as much as the next person but to be able mm. to disconnect and just go to the park or do a puzzle book that is an on paper, not in the phone is mm. important. So. Yeah. And set limits around it. Like we check, you know, the Instagram thing, maybe 30 minutes, 
turn it on, turn it off, set it down. Right. We record, we pick a day and we set that day as a work day and we just follow through on it. And so that, that helps having that kind of discipline around when we're going to do this stuff helps. Yeah. Key. I'm probably a bit guilty of talking about travels previously that I've done where it's been before smartphones, right? I don't want to keep harping back though to those good times because it's this different world now, but they are, they were a bit more freer in terms that you, you would speak to your mum once a week when you get to a hostel yes. that had internet connection. <laughs> it was like that. Um, believe it, believe right, it or not, I back in the day. Remember, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Get the coins and, you know, it's like I only got five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all that, right? The, the only <laughs> social media back in the day that I've taught us those times that I remember doing was Facebook. It first came in, Facebook, I don't, 2006, seven, roughly run those dates, but you still had to go on a laptop or a computer to do it, right? So it'd be like, yeah, hostel with, with a laptop or a computer, quickly log on, do a status update, and then log off. That was it. You, you weren't scrolling forever. That's the difference in those days. So yeah, yeah, there you go. What is next? So you said you got to go home and you're looking to go to South America. Mm-hmm. Any particular countries on the horizon that you'd like to visit or, or cities maybe? Yeah, so I think Mexico City is where we're going to start. Um, oh, nice. We're yeah. checking the, the points again, looking for those free yeah. flights. But a uh, great place to enter, it seems, through Mexico City. Yeah. Um, and then I've read a lot about Argentina. I've been to Argentina once uh, many years ago. Um, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It's Buenos Aires. Uh, never, we've both never been to Colombia. So we're thinking oh, of yeah. maybe Mexico City to Bogota or Cartagena. Then mm-hmm. down to um, Argentina, Buenos Aires, then then Patagonia over to Chile, and then up through Ecuador. That's the the sketch, but that's all TBD and probably will change. Uh, <laughs> of course, but, you know, just kind I'll of travel. work our way around South America for mm-hmm. the next leg, and then we'll take it from there. But you got to be flexible, right? You can't. Yeah. You can only have a plan that's maybe 60 percent because it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Wing yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, wing so it. it. The name? Yeah, that's what it's called. That and. Yeah, the, the interrail pass kind of limits you because you have a you have a month to use it, right? So that does it's the opposite of slow travel. You need to get a move on. Make sure you get to places within that pass, right? To make sure you maximise it. But other than that, yeah, it's it's just wing it and see what's yeah. see what's next. And that slow travel is something we've never done before. So we've travelled a lot. We've been tons of countries before we started yeah. this, but we've never spent where you're in two weeks in one city or one town, right. Or three weeks or, or a month in a country, never done that. So that's yeah. been the biggest, I mean, overall philosophically, I think just learning how to travel differently has been the biggest uh, eye opener for us. For me, I can speak at least mm-hmm. for that. Um, kind of the biggest change. Yeah. Do you have any advice for maybe switching to that mode of travel for people who are maybe considering it flexible travel? Um, It depends on the timeline that you're looking. So even though we said we don't have an end date, we, you know, talked about, okay, six months, what does that look like? Um, In terms of cost and budget, I mentioned it before, going your cheapest way in and let the ways guide you. Mm -hmm. Being comfortable with public transport is also a great way Mm -hmm. that you're going to save on a lot of those aspects. Me from New York City, I always say that I, you can put me down in any country or major country city in the world, and I will figure out that public transportation system in five minutes. Um, So it's definitely a great skill set. So having that opportunity, and once you figure that out, you can go anywhere because what holds people back is they have to have the destination, they have to be by there. And I would 
look outside of those major destinations. So yeah. if you always wanted to go to Spain, Madrid is great. And actually Madrid is a way affordable, but Barcelona is becoming overrun right now. Oh yeah. Chaos. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I went there before it was completely overrun. Now we went there just as a transport. And I was like, oh my God, get it's <laughs> like fighting with people to get down the street. And it makes me a little sad because that's what's happening to a lot of these beautiful cities that I haven't even visited yet. Yeah. So, you know, taking those time to go outside like Zaragoza was a real surprise yes. that we didn't expect. And how many people go to Zaragoza? And yeah. I, you know, it's not typical, but you get such a unique experience. What happened with Ishmir? Ishmir is actually funny too in Turkey, which is an atypical town. If people going to Turkey, they're going to go from Istanbul, they may go to Fethiye to summer, but Ishmir was such large city, millions of people too as well, but completely different. And we, you know, had a little rough bumps here and there, but we learned so much from that experience and it was something that you couldn't get unless you went outside your normal box. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was saying, say, if your first choice is here, then what is something that is the outside or outside community and go from there? That would have, that's the biggest way. And if you follow that path and just stay flexible, like for me and him, that's our general thing is I'm pretty down for anything, but mm -hmm. I will tell you exactly when I don't want to do something. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think also just planning for at least a month. We usually plan a month okay. at a time. Right? Okay, so we yeah. did this last leg, and we were um, we were actually in Sofia, uh, Bulgaria, which we oh, yeah. talk about that. But that was a really great town, and really enjoyed Bulgaria. Yeah. But we ended up looking at a map, and then we saw this town Bruno that was in between, you know, Bulgaria and Prague, and we're we're you know into the buses right so we haven't even we haven't take the took a taxi in mm. five months we did not take one taxi wow everything public transportation but awesome. we were looking at couldn't we just stop off in bruno for i've never been there never heard of it to be honest with you and we did and it was great it was a real surprise little town on the journey um and we only spent like four or five days there was a little more expensive uh, than mm -hmm. the other towns like a spa town but then we went to prague and then from there, we, we came into Bratislava. So just looking at the map and planning that month is a good way to slow travel and then just be open to checking out these little towns along the way. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I was going to say that the biggest surprise for me this year was going to Coruna in Spain, which is north Spain, but a bit to, bit to the left, but still west. Yeah. And the flight was, I don't know, a third, maybe a quarter full. Like yeah. one flight flew in, there's no other flights there. Straight through for the airport, no, no drama, no stress. And it really was a nice surprise to have this like beach city that no one really talks about. Amazing yeah. beach, amazing like history and the little streets and get tapas. And it's just a perfect little place really where you don't hear about it. So I think you're right. Maybe gets into somewhere that's not generic. Barcelona, I mean, even the locals yeah. don't like it anymore. I mean, unfortunately, I think yeah. It's a beautiful city, but unfortunately it's been like so crunched under the tourist aspect yeah. where everybody's fighting to take that picture that it's almost like like shutting down it. in itself yeah so. yeah i think gonna ask as well for transport do you always go local and buses is that your mode of transport between countries as well well i have a comfort level with public transportation it's often cheaper like for me i know that's my paranoia in new york i'm like oh i'm not gonna get a cab and get kidnapped uh-uh so <laughs> so that might be a me thing but uh for me it's generally 
cheaper. If there's somewhere that we really needed a cab, we would do it. But mm-hmm. for me, what I like about the bus is that the bus is always going to go a major route. It's going to yeah. also show you the town. So you get to see things by. So you get a free like little city tour a lot of mm. the times because airports are often outside or bus outside of the city. So yeah. it's going to take the most populous way and you get to see things. So then you can then plan where you're offshooting from there. So I think it kind of gives you a two for one deal. And I just, you learn customs and all those kind of things, those little social cues from body language on a bus that you're not going to get from the security of like a taxi, I think. Yeah. And is that the same between countries as well? Like if you get into another country, would you get a bus? Yeah, we did fly. We we, we took bus. uh, Sometimes we took a ferry, two or three ferries, uh, Turkey and in Albania, as I mentioned. But we also flew, right? We're not going to, I think it was the... um, flight from when we went to Rhodes. Where did we come from? Oh, Aegean Airlines is fantastic in Greece. Oh, Aegean. So. Yeah, yeah. Aegean. We took Aegean Airlines. We took Ryanair a couple times and we took Yiling. So we took about yeah. four flights in, for the longer, you know, just like it's not that expensive. If you look at it and the time, mm. it saves you tons of time. And we found that buses in Spain were faster than the trains and cheaper. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So if okay. you wanted to get from... Bilbao to Zaragoza, you would spend five hours on a train and like under three hours on a bus. So those kind of logical wow. things you think a train would be more direct. Yeah, they weren't. Don't In know. Turkey, buses felt like you're a miniature airline. There was drink service. There was oh TV, yeah, okay. There was <laughs> snacks. I was I was shocked. They brought ice cream at one of the stops. We had our own little ice creams. Like so I've weird. never had that experience that. You pay the extra $2 for this bus and it's the equivalent of round. We paid like maybe $15 for both of us to travel like three or four hours. And it was ice creams and nuts and cookies. And, oh, do you want more tea and soda? I'm like, where are we? I know. It was, <laughs> I wonder how they turn a profit. But, uh, yeah. And, and then in Europe, Flexibus was really good to oh, us too. Yeah. You know, $15, $20, you know, to mm. go across Europe, you know, yeah. in yeah. a lot of cases. So very, very good. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. <laughs> okay. I'm definitely a bus person. I've, I think I've experienced that twice, maybe three times. One was in Thailand. I think one was in Argentina, actually, from Salta to Northern Chile, which is Atacama Desert. Mm-hmm. And this amazing bus. Actually, that's my one biggest advice. If you're going from Northern Argentina across the altitude, now, you don't want to be on a shitty bus. You want to be on something that's a bit more comfortable because you might struggle a little mm-hmm. bit. And I was like starting to get a bit queasy. But yeah. this bus was amazing, like reclining seats, loads of space, leather seats. It's like, unbelievable. But, yeah, that's you do get that if you pay the extra 2 or $3. And it is worth it, I think. Hey, James, one of the most, I think, unique things that we did, though, we took a night train um, oh, yeah. from, oh, yeah. um, from Istanbul to Sofia, Bulgaria. And ah, that was okay. yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I've never never been on a night train like that. Um, and it actually, we had a unique border crossing experience. They stopped us at the border, and it was around it was around two hours. Like outside, it was a little chilly in this lab, wow. but they're checking the passports, checking the train. Yeah, you woke up, but I would still do it again. It was it was fantastic experience. It was affordable. I don't know, twenty five dollars to was, go. Yeah, you had your own sleeper car with beds. Uh, there, there was a bathroom at the end of the hall. Snack, a little refrigerator. So it was like an old travel experience that you can be. Where it's reverse Orient Express because we're coming <laughs> from the Orient. But, yeah. but uh, it was it was funny and it was a little long wait for the 
the, the border the border stamp but we're laughing because there were cats. stray cats waiting in the line with us because they just saw people get off the train trying to get through the border aren't they yeah yeah <laughs> i was like there's a border guard some stray dogs and they would just hang out and look at you and then but it was a very interesting experience and comfy bed so it was yeah. much better than i expected so yeah it was it was cool unique and and affordable it's great you say that because the interrail pass when you look at the routes that's one of the path. That's one of the routes, Sofia to Istanbul, and I yeah. thought, oh, that's a couple of hours. But actually, it's about nine hours, right? Nine, ten hours on the train. Oh, more overnight. Than that. Was it more? Yeah, yeah. overnight. Yeah. Leaves oh, around wow. seven, okay. arrives around nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you guys done that night. I yeah. like that because you save your accommodations that night too. Of course. So, you yeah. know, so you're staying there, and it's just the experience, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're, it's unique when the sun goes down and you're you're lying in a bed and it's it's just kind of cool. And there's no you don't have to think about anything. And of course, when you fly, obviously they're charging for the baggage fees if you have mm. you know the carry on. So all, you know, in train there's no limits. So that's yeah. that's kind of nice too. You, you don't have to worry about how you're packing. You just throw the stuff in the bag, drag it in. Yeah, yeah. And you bring snacks because there's not a cafe car. You bring yeah. your own snacks. But they had the fridge. Surprisingly, they had juices, some pretzels, and some cookies and cakes already there. But we were all set. We were just fine, chilling, looking out the window and yeah. sleeping. Get on the list. Okay, that's good to know because I wasn't sure. I hadn't had anyone done that yet. So I've got a question here, which is like for slow travel, I would think you probably have to break it up. I think travel can get a bit samey sometimes, right? So do you have any like purpose of things you want to achieve or things you want to see? Like, Well, you know, we've been reading about like there's different work that you can do while traveling, like for... Okay. Uh, of accommodations there's also these um houses you can stay in pet sit and things of that nature and for yeah. exchange for accommodation so there's other ways you can travel that we haven't explored yet um i think the podcast and our website has kept us busy gives given us purpose i think that's why we started it. it it does ground us that we put something out every week and things of that nature mm. but the um we have met people in our travels casey is one that we're going to talk about in Ijmir who cares for all the kittens and for example in Ijmir and feeding them taking care of them and things so we interviewed her and learned a lot about her story um so just interviewing people for the podcast we haven't done much of it but i think there's yeah. more to come on that um and experiencing and just experiencing the trip and enjoying it and yeah coming to your podcast and blog so live let roam so i've got loads of questions here because you guys are traveling and podcasting at the same time how have you found it is it easy is it hard is it taking time out of your travel aspect to do podcast stuff and the blog like, how have you found the balance um it's something for us that we talked about initially when we had first suggested about the travel it came up a little later, hey, maybe we can do a travel podcast, make it a business because Eric loves the marketing aspect. And I'm like, mm. okay, that's fine and all, but I want my life. And I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to trade one nine to five for another nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a free spirit that wants to be <laughs> that way. So it was part of the rules that we set boundaries in place to say, if it starts becoming fun and all these kind of opportunities and for us and how that we discussed a lot about the content and what was it going to be and what and when we're going to set certain work days and for that it has been challenging for me what i also like is that it helped build a skill so for me i come yeah. from an artistic background so a lot of that graphic design and creation all that has been able to improve that skill which is something that i do enjoy but also learning this different aspect of podcasting and producing. And I joke that I'm like 
super militant. I'm like, I'm the producer on this. <laughs> you got to obey what I say. I'm not your wife. So, <laughs> um, so it's learning a new skill or trade that I can definitely take to whatever we decide to do, go beyond it. So it's about creating that balance and it does give us direction. But in general, when we talk about our categories, we talk about arts and nature and Art, no, arts and culture, nature, wildlife, weird or interesting, and food and drink. That is something we generally integrated in our travels anyway. So when yeah. we agree anyway to go somewhere, we want to see certain things. For me, I want to see the weird thing. Like in Bruno, we saw the ossuary, which was the second largest catacomb of bones, second to Paris. And I didn't yeah. know that. And I was fascinated. I was like, <laughs> yes. But I don't think everybody else would be interested or he would have gone to that first. So um, so we kind of balance that because just like any marriage, it's a compromise. So what he wants to do, and what I want to do, and that's how we figure out what we want to do in cities. So from that aspect of the podcast, it gives us that outlet to then get that out. So we have a record of our trips or our travels. We get to share with other people. And that's something is fulfilling as we go along in. It may change down the line, just as we may change down the line, but I like the aspect of doing it now. So, Okay, yeah, I think for me personally, the reason I want to do a job podcast whilst traveling is all the travels done previously, unless you're a relentless blogger or a relentless writer on a, on a notepad or whatever on a laptop these days, I just didn't record much. So I've weirdly written a book about my travels based from memory and a bit of Facebook. But imagine if I didn't have the memory, I wouldn't even know, right? So yeah. as you get older, I don't know if you guys, I, my memory is not as good. So I'm like, right, this time podcasting, you don't have to be online. You can offline record, right? On the phone, I've got the Spreaker app that I use. Mm -hmm. Whatever app you have, you can just record a 10-minute audio offline. And then when you get online, you can upload it. So I feel like if I can just record those little cafes I go to, those people that people I meet, try and get an interview with maybe a local record what we've done day to day, what we saw, what we did. I think that's a cool way to, just for a record personally to have. And then yeah, if people are no. interested, they can listen. Absolutely, yeah, because you do forget, right? Even yeah. trips that we were, where was that where we had that fondue or something or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, and we have the picture, and then even with the picture, you're like, yeah, but what, uh, where was that? And what was the day <laughs> like? Or, you know, so this week is the whole, with the, with the written word, with the, the podcast, Go back 10, 20 years from now, and it'll help refresh all the memories because it's all there. Yeah, so it's all on, on record, right? And you, you blog as well, so you've got both aspects of audio and written as well, haven't you? Yeah, just so we don't bore the ears off of somebody else <laughs> on one topic because I can talk about cats for hours. Um, <laughs> I do separate things. So one we do is also as a back recording. So we do an episode companion. So I kind of talk about the links. So if you listen to our episode and we mention a restaurant or a place, I might put a link or a picture of that. So you can go oh, specifically yeah. to that. Um, so it kind of gives you that resource. It's a little extra work to do these things from now, but in the long run, it makes a difference. Do the job well from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Saving yeah, yourself yeah. time. And the other things, he loves his food and drink. He's a foodie. And yeah. for me, I'm a caddy. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> uh, those little things that we can do the scenarios where half of my pictures on the phone are of cats or artwork of cats that I've taken on our travel. So that is like, oh, I'm going to do a little blog because I know I have a whole bunch of friends that want to see this. And <laughs> cats are everywhere. So I know it's yeah. one of my top posts. Anytime I post a cat picture or something, I'm like, yes, 
there's a whole community out there. So it gives us that individuality that we can um, exhibit on our own. It's just nice as we go into our golden years, you need to have these opportunities to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, find absolutely. different ways to, you know, define yourself rather than I work here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the reason I set up another podcast, but it's more video is the, I've called it the trendy coffee because I love to go for coffees. But I was like, well, that's granular. That's really like short form. That's the place we went to. A few pictures, a bit of video of me talking about it, what I learned about the calf and where it is. So that, mm. that for me is very more, more defined. But the amount of coffees that we go to, and I just don't remember where we went or even where it was. Yeah. It's, it's criminal. And I think it's the one guaranteed thing that we would do every day on travels, I think, is go for a coffee. So I know there's going to be content there, whereas everything else is in the air, right? You might stay in one place for two weeks just to work, whatever it is so um yeah. yeah that's the reason i've done that but yeah it's great that you guys have set it up it's great to see yeah and once we've set it up too it's like we can we can go as long as we want we can pause it we can always go back yeah. to it right yeah. so it's not like you know we're doing it you know every other week now with the blogs in between but that can change right mm -hmm. uh and so it's been good and i i found with the food stuff i was always taking pictures of my food from for years ever since i've had a smartphone yeah. or a camera yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> But it's like, why was I doing that? I just was always doing it and I just wanted it for memories, but now I get to write about the story about it and, and mm. what it tastes like or, or, or the experience, and what it costs and where it's at and blah, blah, blah. So it's good to have those, those memories. You can go back and uh, if you ever go back to the, those countries too, you can look up those places or well, yeah. going, Hey, check out this blog on Albania or whatever, you know, and they can just follow along and things like that. Yeah. I think just quickly on audio, podcast is that it speaks the imagination of the traveler that's not traveling right so if someone's in the us and they hear you in albania but let's say you don't put anything on social media it's just they listen to your audio podcast they're like oh they're still imagining what's like you're probably talking about it but they still don't know and that's the intrigue i think that's the gem with podcasting is that it can still appeal to the traveler but not give it away too much mm. um, well it's like think, reading a book right so yeah, when you read yeah, a yeah. book yeah, you're you're the story's extending a longer time where yeah. if you just saw a picture it would flash before your eyes. And exactly. That's yeah. part of that, you know, retro reminisce experience of a podcast that I really do enjoy. Yeah. And social media is obviously to blame the whole scrolling picture thing, right? Where you don't even look at the fact you're like, oh, that's nice. And you scroll to the next one. It's, it's oh, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm yeah, guilty of yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. And your podcast, how many episodes have you released to date? We have uh, 14 episodes right now. We're recording the 15th mm -hmm. uh, on Greece currently. Yeah. And we have blogs around like 24 blog posts right now. So we're just, you know, just getting started, but um, we've been keeping on schedule, which is good. We have, we've kept on Key. schedule every two weeks and, yeah. you know. And there is a lag at the time. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, you know, clearly we can't do it while we're in Bratislava right now, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. in fact, it takes time to set it up and we want to take the time to think through what we want to, what we want to talk about. Cause there's so much. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so I want to enjoy the experience. So that was the condition that yeah. I'm not rushing to put out the content just to put out the content. I want to mm. be able to have that experience. And then as we have the episode, we're consistent with it with every two weeks, but it still gives you that opportunity. And 
And I think you need a couple of weeks to reflect on the experience. Turkey right now is just starting to, oh, wow, look at all those places we went. Or we forget yeah, about the yeah. story of the lady punching me coming out of the subway and <laughs> things like that. She thought I was harassing her. She thought I was harassing he's her. Like, he's like, oh, adjust my backpack, you know, because it was slipping or something. I went down to adjust her backpack. And this old grandma lady came out of the subway and punched me like I was a... <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you, know, you forget about these stories but yeah, yeah. you need time to have them sink in and then you know you can tell them later so it's cool yeah yeah i called it my my turkish nana was protecting me so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing those stories that well, we forget sometimes as well I, I i said to my friend the other day we we're in paris a few years ago and just for a photo we held hands you know just, just playing around but then yeah some old lady came up and just started spitting at us like, oh, do you remember? Do you remember that old lady? And, she, and my friend was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I remember that old lady. Yeah, yeah." We just like stand there for a photo, holding hands, and then yeah, she starts spitting at us. No idea why. But, Whereas yeah. it's typical in a lot of the European countries, especially Turkish, that men will work arm in arm, and it doesn't mean anything like that. It's oh, yeah. just a friendship kind of thing. Yeah. So it's all different culturally. It's the same as India, right? If you go to India, um, a lot of guys they hold like their arms above the shoulders, right? Like, like yeah. arm in arm. And if you're not like in their culture, you probably think, oh, you know, is that a gay couple? But it's not. They're just like, they're, they're really good friends. This is part of the culture. You you sort of mm -hmm. hold arms together and walk in the street. It's just what they do. Yeah. In Turkey, two people would tap their foreheads together. Yeah, like when they, Oh, when they, okay. Like yeah, that. So, like, you know, like that. it was interesting. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone did it. We're like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that either. That's, that's like a New Zealand thing when they do the Maori thing. What's the reaction been to your podcast so far? How have you found people reaching out to you or loving what they're hearing with your travels like how's that been yeah it, it's been really nice been pleasantly surprised we expected our families to say yes yes that's nice that you're doing it but to feel them genuinely interested in like my sister who's completely opposite says oh I can't wait to listen to your episode I do it while baking I love the way mm. you tell the story <laughs> And it's really just gives you a smile to your face, but also then they share it with their friends and people who do not know us enjoy it. So that's something that I like that I like to hear to be able to share these stories. It's something I've done in my personal life. Every time I travel, I always promote travel to younger people saying the best way that you're going to be educated in this world is by getting outside of mm. your normal box. And I used to tell, especially young women, I went to travel now, don't wait on anybody else. And it's something I preach. So I give a bigger platform to preach and share my love with everybody else. Nice. And I forgot to say, my mom's got six cats. Did I tell you that? Oh. There's six cats. And, and and there's one cat, so the oldest one, Boots, he's a Norwegian forest cat. So he's big, oh, he's so big he and, must be massive. Big and fluffy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a beaut. That sounds yeah. magic. He's quite old now though. He's he's fourteen, maybe fourteen. Oh, he's just yeah. a baby. They're all babies. <laughs> yeah. Uh your podcast, where can we find your podcast? Website, social media and all the podcast platforms. What are those? Yeah, so we have a, a website, liveletrome.com. And everything's live, let Rome. So we have the Instagram, mm. uh, we do some Facebook, we have, we have a YouTube channel, nothing on it until this podcast, we'll put that out there. <laughs> um, and you can reach us at live, let Rome at gmail.com. And it's also available on the podcast. So be Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. Yep. Pretty yep. much all those. Other Everything podcasts. for free. Uh, search live, let Rome and yep. check it out. 
and let us know to other podcasters were you know like doing these partner shows or interviews or advertising and that's that's been steadily increasing as more episodes nice. we put out which has been great just meeting people like yourself james and and others in the industry uh travel or just podcasting in general it's been really fun awesome okay and i'll put those links in the show notes so people can access all that um cool. and make it easier okay so we're going to go to finish the episode with a few travel features um I know in my notes I've got a few questions in your travel philosophy, but I'll integrate them towards the travel questions at the end because they're good questions. Hey, yeah, just a quick one before we carry on with the travel questions. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Tee Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. But quick fire, first question. So these are random. Each or between you is entirely up to you guys. Three countries that you've traveled to that have been your favorites. And this can be not just this trip. This can be previously as well. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I, I'm going to add Argentina to the list. Uh, yeah. That's why I want to go back. I really enjoyed it. Uh, fantastic. Uh, the food, the, the sites, the city uh, had European as well as, um, you know, South American feel. So that's one. I love Costa Rica. I actually did without him. I had done it on a travel group and it was fantastic. The food was great. The people were warm, uh, tons of animals everywhere you go. And Mm. it had a variety of different climates. So in San Jose city, you get the little urban, then you go to the cloud forest and then you go to the beaches. So I really loved it. And it was one of those experiences that just made me smile just the whole way through. Okay. And yeah. Together, what were we think? Um, together, that we've been Croatia. 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 Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been there twice, but we really like Zagreb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zagreb down to Split, and then Split to Dubrovnik. We haven't ventured beyond those places, but uh, fantastic. I mean, food, culture. I know it's getting a little more expensive now. That's why we didn't go on this trip. Yeah. I know they're joining, uh, they're the, joining Euro. the Euro. We heard yeah. Um, but yeah, Croatia's it's a must go, uh, must see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And what about three countries between you that is on your hit list that you've not been to? Colombia. Colombia yep. is one that we're planning to go to. Um, I want to do Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. Thailand. Oh, yeah. And, okay. And yeah. Asia, Southeast Actually, Asia. Cambodia, because I do want to do Angkor Wat. I know everybody goes there, but come on, I want to go there. So. Oh, yeah. Been there twice. Yeah. This was yeah. Well worth it. Chile would be on my list too, just the other side of, of um, uh, Argentina. So Chile. Okay, Chile is always. I want to go South Chile. I've been North, North Chile. They're very different, but we'd love to do both of them. That'd be great. What is the purpose of travel for you? Do you think at the minute? I would say the distinct purpose is something that we both have that ideology of travel fills my cup. So when you're talking about the world can often deplete and take away, the travel experience fills the cup from not being perfect and idyllic, but the opportunity to see beyond yourself. There's a whole world out there besides your problems and everything. And what travel does, it gives you that perspective 
that you really can't get in this world where we have so much access to information. It's still not the right information. It doesn't mm. take the place of you experiencing a different culture. You can see what it looks like in a video, but when you're actually in a different country and experiencing it, you really have a different perspective. And I think that creates a more humane experience on how we deal with each other. So. Mm -hmm. And do you drink coffee? He does, I don't. Yeah, I drink, I drink coffee. Okay, so there's a two-pronged questions here. So one is for both, and then the second question might just be for Eric. So the first mm -hmm. question is, if you could pick a city in the world just to drink coffee and watch the world go by, or tea, whatever you drink, where would you watch the world go by? What city would that be in? Uh, I might pick somewhere in Italy. I'd probably pick Florence. Oh, yeah. That's quite popular a, answer, a great, that Florence. Yeah, I, I was there yeah. once many years ago, but really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so Florence, or maybe Bologna. Bologna's Portugal. Portugal. Oh, yeah, Portugal. <laughs> uh, in uh, Lisbon. Yeah. So, yeah, that would yeah. be good. Italy, oh. Italy or Portugal, yeah. Yeah, I need some of that cured ham somewhere around there oh, to yeah. go oh, yeah. with my coffee so. <laughs> and eric for you what is like your your country's favorite coffee like is there a particular brand or blend that you like from a country well it's been interesting because every airbnb in this trip there's been a new coffee challenge right okay and i finally learned jim how to make that italian roast coffee because half yeah. the airbnbs i have have that metal i don't even know what it's called where the you put mochi the, or something they or put the water oh. on the bottom and yeah then yeah it down and you put the it's like an espresso like yeah. a homemade espresso machine on the stovetop mm -hmm. that's actually been working really good so i've been enjoying those roasted coffees in the morning uh but i'm a big fan of the pour over clever uh, pour overs i love pour overs right? yeah but i missed that i was actually going to bring that on this trip and i didn't uh i might it might make the bag for the next leg because <laughs> i actually really crave that that uh pour over is my favorite yeah, pour over is my favorite as well. They always seem to be here in Canada expensive. Um, so like may maybe you get an Americano or an espresso, what, three oh, to four dollars. But pour over here is like six dollars. I'm like, oh, yeah, I but you can get a clever for nineteen dollars. Yeah, I know. Yourself, it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Certain technique, isn't it? You have to go around the thing and make yeah, sure you just. It's, little... it's pretty easy. I mean, you literally, yeah. yeah, you boil the water, you pour it over, you yeah. stir it a little bit, let it sit for a minute. Place it on the cup. So I think they put a lot of mystic in it. It's pretty easy. And yeah, like, there's some coffee nerds that like go, no, you can't do that. You must do this. I'm like, well, you just pour it over and leave it. Like, it still works. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. got to stir it. I think that's the key. And get, get it to foam up, you know, and sit for about a minute. And then, okay. then you're good to go. Got it. Okay. Next question is, so you both can live in a country for a year. They've not lived in before. So where are you going to live? Hmm. No. Oh, Spain? No, well, well, no, I, I would probably go Argentina again. I would, you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a diverse city. It's large. There's great food scene. Uh, there's nature things to do. It's very affordable. Mm. Um, that would be good. Poland, uh, Poland is really nice. So I, I really enjoyed Poland, except for what's going on with the with the crisis in Ukraine mm. right now. You yeah, don't want to be too close to that. Uh, but that would also be a runner up for me. Um, I might either pick like Italy or Spain or one of those. Italy, countries. yeah, Italy. Just too the is. food itself. Italy, is... yeah. Oh, yeah. I changed my I changed my vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we loved yeah Rimini, that northern that northern Italy is. If really, yeah, price really wasn't nice. an object, I'd just chill there because between like the pastas, the food, and the know, coffee, the oh. fruit, everything, it was just okay. I can just stay. It is. It is. <laughs> 
idea of that lifestyle, but I still say Argentina is pretty nice though. Nice. Okay. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned from your travel so far this year? Hmm. Um, I think we learned about how we're building our travel together. So we mentioned about the itineraries, planning ahead, uh, but also we we also learned recently about taking turns, like who's going to drive the bus. So that's mm. a relationship thing with the travel <laughs> where, you know, one person wants to do something the other person wants to do something yeah. and we want to be able to trade off and both have our experience. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, Eric thought of it. He's like, this is what I did. I drive the bus. Trust me to drive the bus here. And then you can drive the bus in the afternoon. And that gives you more of a shared experience where you get to experience the things you want and share it with your partner and don't feel like you're only boxed into one way. Yeah. So just taking turns on where, where you go, what you do, what you see and compromise is the key, you know, in long-term travel. And relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Kate. laughs> I think you really know someone when you travel with them, right? That's the, uh, yeah, it's, diff- it's different to living with them. It's different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. On my notes here, sort of two questions are one, packing your stuff and budgeting. You've got episodes on your podcast for that. So what episodes are for each? We actually have a packing episode, uh, episode three on packing. We have a secret budget plan, episode nine, where we uh, we take on James Bond villains. Yes, we have uh, uh, doc- accents and everything. Yeah, so, so. he is Doctor Go, and I'm Doctor Go, and I'm Madame Explorer. <laughs> we have accents from our travels too, James. So All right, okay. we're in Turkey, you know, you must yeah. talk like this. It is, <laughs> you know, and and so you 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 get in the personalities of the people you meet, and yeah. it's fun. But um, yeah, no, we we try to you know in the podcast put in pieces of knowledge because it's educate and inspire yes. travel and. You know, not to say we're travel experts, but we have traveled many, many years. Mm. And so we want to impart some of the knowledge. We also want to have fun and we want to paint pictures and stories to help people go uh, to places they've never thought about going and give them the courage to do that. Anyone. Yeah. And I have a blog about travel and I'm, I'm literally like Tetris. I can pack anything. Oh, she is the packing queen and the navigation queen. So she can do those two things better than anybody, but she can, she could take, you know, literally a living room and put it into a roll. (laughs) You should have video for that on YouTube. Down to the travel pillow around the neck. But uh, I've learned a lot, you know, on how to pack uh, from her. And so we actually, you know, we go with, you know, just a backpack each, a small backpack and a roller bag. Mm. And my roller bag is officially wearing its wheels out though, James. Oh. I, I think it's bag, so we've traveled so much, I think the wheels are gone. So that's a, that's a good yeah. sign. You, you travel. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. Sign. yeah, you know you've been somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, your, your yeah. wheels fall off your legs. That's got some stories, those wheels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe a favorite beach each that you've seen or been to? Mm, Greece. Yeah, Corfu. Uh, we on our there. current travels yeah current travels yeah we loved uh beaches in uh benitas mm-hmm. oh yeah in corfu very low-key nobody around perfectly clear water uh that was great um but beyond that bonaire. um oh bonaire in the caribbean one of the best beaches and i lived in hawaii for three years i would say bonaire is still better than hawaii it was what country is that um it's a territory it's part of the nether antilles it's off oh, of venezuela bonaire. So oh, think right. of the ABC islands. So you have Aruba, yeah. Bonaire, and Curacao. Uh, Aruba is its own destination, but um, Bonaire had oh, wow. okay. some yeah. of the best 
offshore snorkeling that I've ever had in my life. And I've heard it from other folks too, where you have sunfish that are feet, like three feet sunfish. Mm. You're swimming with tortoises. Mini squid. Mini squid, like where you pay all these things to have these experiences and you just walk down this little path and with simple snorkel, you can see all these things. And it's one of the most stunning places. And you navigate this island with a golf cart there yep. are wild donkeys and flamingos that transport between islands. So the flam- wow. flamingos come from Curacao and, Curacao, then they go yeah. and they go back and forth. So it's one of those locations that yeah. it's absolutely stunning. It's worth visiting. I would say they're a solid week. I mean, granted, there's nothing you're looking at a beach <laughs> line, but um, stunning. Like, yeah, absolutely. Stunning. It is ridiculous. So nice, yeah. Wow, I just don't know much about it. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I'll go check this out. Obviously, no Aruba and Curacao. Like, I know those, but like, yeah, this island here to the right. No idea. Yeah, and Curacao is in close distance, so you can easily navigate yeah. by ferry. Uh, but Bonaire, it's just, yeah, Curacao has a lot of those Dutch settlements, Very those nice. old kind of world European housing. And Bonaire is more of like a sleepy community. But in terms of the island, it literally is just a single road around the whole island. And mm. you're passing like wild donkeys that were left there by the Spanish settlers from many years ago. That, And then that's it. It's just stunning beaches and just everything around. Right, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, Aruba, Curacao is where you'd stay, but you'd do yeah. like an overnight in Bonaire. And it, you'd be a, you'd do a mistake if you didn't go to Bonaire. Because yeah. it is like, literally, you walk down to the water. It's all mm. shells and, and coral. You walk down, put your head in the water, and you'll see fish just, you know, the size of, you know, platters going around your head. It's crazy. Yeah. Mental. Yeah. Okay. That is a new research project for me this week. That is that's something off of oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, real yeah. stubby lizards. We forgot to mention there's these, like, <laughs> fat stubby lizards that, like, crawl around the, the rocks and things. Yeah. It's cool. Nice. Okay. I've got a few more questions, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, this mm. is an important question. Yes. Um, favorite cuisine or food that you've experienced on your travels? Uh, is it a country that stands out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Greek. Where am I going? Greece. Greece, because I mean, knew Italy, right? So we love Italy mm. and Italian food, but Greece really was fantastic, right? The moussaka, the eggplant, these grilled burgers that are like there's no buns on them. But it's not a. Grilled. It's not a hamburger, which is different. It's beef burger, so they're just two mm. patties and a salad, which is your tomatoes and cheese and all that kind of and some chips if i want to call it for there Mm. for french fries yeah um but just wonderful delicious flavor and the best yogurt i've ever had in my life the greek yogurt oh um, yeah it's up there vegetables so you can eat healthy in greece and pretty affordably um but it's just super good the grilled lamb the rice the masaka Mm. eggplant tomatoes everything's really good dream dream yeah can't wait to go on my list <laughs> we keep teasing you right i know and last week that the whole episode about greece i'm like oh, i need to go um, uh, oh and the uh, grocery stores in greece too they have this nougat with like dried fruits oh yeah they oh, have like this marshmallow nougat with all yeah. these dried uh fruits, fruits and, nuts. and nuts and it's it's delicious like, like a candy bar with honey and it's, but it's mm. like but not overly sweet yeah it's, so yeah. good yeah okay cool two questions left a country that's been the best value for money that you've seen. Albania. Albania. Okay. Hands, hands yeah, down. thought it might be. Yeah. And the last question, which is the question I ask everyone on the podcast, is what words of advice or wisdom would you give to someone who maybe is thinking about traveling 
maybe it's not quite made the leap, not really sure how to do it. What advice would you give to say, hey, you should go get out there and see the world? Um, I think you can't take it back later on. So do it now. So to do it now, you need to make sacrifices. We make sacrifices our whole life and we trade it for objects. And I think the value should be put in those experiences. So whether you can choose that experience, it doesn't need to be a month, two months, five months, it could be a week, but get outside the norm and see your surroundings, because there's nothing that can replace that life lesson of traveling and witnessing a different culture, even from the States. I mean, I knew grew up with people that never left their hometown or their state. And that seems so foreign to me. And especially if you're calling them from a smaller town, at least in New York, you have all these nationalities and cultures, mm-hmm. it can limit your worldview so much. And you're building a whole life on this worldview. So why not enrich yourself with this surroundings. And a lot of people may wait to their, oh, when I retire, but the way it is, is that you may not get the time that you think you have. So make the most of the time you have now. Yeah. Hey, James, I made a promise to myself to make travel a priority for my first trip to Europe. And it was go every year. And I was working, always working, Mm -hmm. go one place you've never been every year and make it a priority. And I haven't missed it since. And obviously this year I've blown it over the water, but (laughs) just make it, make travel a priority, not an afterthought, actually plan for it and make it a priority in your Mm -hmm. life. I think it's so important for health and well-being, for learning and learning about other people and cultures um, and learning about yourself. It's, it's very important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eric and Christy, thanks for coming on to the show. I really appreciate you making time out of your travels to come on the Travel Podcast. And it's been great to hear about your stories, your podcasts, your philosophies, and where you're going next. It's been brilliant. Thanks for coming on. Thank Thank you very much, much. James. Thank you. Thank you you for listening to my Winging It Travel Podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel Podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.